tune in, tone up. Your one-stop shop for guitar tricks, tips, techniques and advice. With me, Gary Shilliday, and my own excellent teacher, Dan Davis. Well then, Dan, how you doing? Not bad, how are you? Yeah, pretty good. Played a gig, that was always good fun, so... Yeah, I heard, heard yeah. from one of your mates. So reeling from that gig? Yeah, it was great fun. I'm going to get out and play a lot more now. Yeah, thanks. Got the bug, yeah. Definitely, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, playing live, it's, uh, it's an interesting animal, isn't it? It definitely is. There was uh, drunk people sitting on my guitar case. There was all kinds of things going on. But, yeah, it was good fun. Lots yeah. Of people dancing and having fun. So. It's funny. With music, it always sort of, in my mind, it steps up a little bit. You, you learn in the bedroom out of sight and out of mind of everybody else and uh, kind of so you've got your private time to sort of play and practice and everything. Then... You end up sort of jamming with friends. That's like it feels like a big step up. Yeah. And then when you get like four or five guys in a room together to rehearse, the pressure ramps up again. And then there's the gigs. You know, yeah. once you get to the the gig, it, it's like you're juggling about ten different balls at once. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I sometimes think, you know, although maybe the pressure in some respects may be less, it's sometimes I think tougher. Mm. playing when you're playing clubs and pubs because you're often playing to people that may or may not appreciate what you're doing yeah and they may appreciate it depending on how much they've drunk yeah as you found out with the drunk guy sitting (laughs) on your guitar case they usually don't respect your gear that's clearly obvious they think you can play anything and sing anything yeah you're open to requests yeah. That's it. You thought rhythm is a dancer. Hang on a minute, we're a three piece rock band. What made you think we could do a nineties dance track? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You, you name it, they will they will try your patience. My favourite one that punters do at gigs is when right in the middle of your solo, when your concentration needs to be at its maximum, they want to talk to you. Oh yes. Why well, why is yeah. this? Do you know? <laughs> I'm in the middle of a solo. <laughs> Go away. Yeah, leave me alone. finish? Can you go now, please? <laughs> <laughs> talking, talking about shred, shred, let's have a little look at um, some things to do with that maybe today, sort of scale choices and things like that. Yeah, I, I think that's a good a good call. Something I'd like to throw in there as well, along with, with the scale choices, is grace notes. Oh, nice. What are they? They're notes that belong to grace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, was, uh, grace notes. Well, The amazing grace notes. Yeah. They are, <laughs> yes, incredible, in fact. But it's interesting that you should ask, what are grace notes? Because that in itself is, is something that then clearly needs answering. Yeah. I think I know. I think, isn't it where you play a note before you play the main note as such? Kind of, yeah. It's often when we maybe choose to slide into notes... Or sort of hammer on into notes. So less attack and everything like that. So yeah, it is essentially you're you're right where you're coming into your your main note, your main kind of note of choice from from a different place. What brought it to mind was I was watching a little video on on YouTube and I was sort of I forget for the life of me who the guy is. I think it's a German guy who who does quite a lot of videos on YouTube sort of for tuitional purposes and so forth. And he's he's quite clued in. And he talked about grace notes. And I thought, well, that's a great idea. Because that's something I've not really kind of, you know, I know I do it. 
I know I yeah. don't think about it, but it's not something that everybody always wakes up in the morning and goes, you know what, got to work on those grace notes. Okay, cool. It doesn't work like that. So let's maybe start with sort of a fairly standard blues. We're not going to use a backing track. I'll just play some chords for you, I think. We'll keep it simple. Okay. And then after that, we're going to have a little look at some interesting scales. But we'll spend a little time looking at these grace notes because they really are sometimes the difference between sounding really professional with what you do and maybe sounding a little bit a little bit amateurish and not kind of understanding why. Okay. So I'm going to do a simple sort of blues in A. Yep. And I want you to just have a jam over the top. Yep. And we're going to see what comes out. Okay. Okay. So, what do you feel was the, the good bits of, of that performance from the point of view of the grace notes? Some of the sliding, some of the slurs, maybe. Just using a few chromatic notes and then moving into it a little bit. Okay. Some of the bends, some of the bends were a bit off. Because using a sort of slide in itself isn't necessarily a grace note per se. Say I was playing a lick. <laughs> something yeah. like that I could play it straight oh. cool so I could slide into the the top note eight through on the top yeah and then that seven has become a grace note and the six has become a grace note as well yeah see when you slide into things sometimes we slide from a definite note yeah. So if the sliding is maybe an integral part of the lyric. Or something like that. Yeah. The sliding is all part of the lick. Here we're just using it as a way just to sweeten what we do. Yeah, okay. You know, if you're a kind of guy who likes sugar in your tea and your coffee... You know, sometimes tea or coffee without can be just a little bit... Mm, it's the same cup of tea or coffee. Yeah. But it just doesn't go down quite as easily. Yeah. Or quite as well. And it's the same sort of thing when we're talking about grace notes. They kind of sweeten the deal. They sweeten the 
the lick that you're playing. So there's a, kind of a bit more, a bit more to it. Yeah, a little bit more feel. It's a little bit less brash. You know, if I go like this, it's like somebody coming into a conversation and just making a bold statement and disappearing again. Yeah. Whereas if I go, yeah, it's, it's like. Yeah, no. Easing good. the yeah. words into a conversation. Do you understand what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, I do. Totally, yeah. yeah. So like when trying you're... to listen to the other person, possibly, or or like making your points with a bit more accented. Yeah. Passion. You you can also you can do an awful lot when you do <clears throat> grace notes in terms of an awful lot for yourself in terms of sort of adding a bit of a bit of feel to it mm. if done right. You know, people talk about feel. I guess feel is as much about timing and knowing what to play when, and how to make it sound really great. Yeah. Yeah, but I was a teenager in my crazy misspent youth, and I was into all the shred guitar stuff and really wanted to shred like the the big boys, like Yngwie and everything. I would go and get a book, and I would sit there, and go, I understand it, I do understand the notes, I understand what's going on here, and I would learn all of the notes. But as we said before, merely learning the notes, if you go and buy a Queen book and you learn all the notes, doesn't magically turn you into Brian May. No, that's right. Because... There's a lot more going on. There is, and it's that that person's touch on the guitar, the way they approach the guitar, which is individual to them. You can play the notes. It's nice to play the notes. And certainly if you work hard... You can use the different sort of vibe and feel that people have got, the way they go into notes using grace notes and so forth, to elevate your playing to a better place. But penultimately, you want to sound like you. Now, there are some people who have quite a sort of go-for-it guitar style that is quite brash in places, and that's their trademark. Mm. And if that's you, or if that's what you need to do on a track, that's fine. You think of Neil Young, for example. He can be quite strident with what he plays. Yeah. You know, it's it's like I'm serving you up the song. The song is good. Here's my guitar with no airs and graces. Bosh. And there's a certain kind of charm about that. Yeah. You know, and if that's your style or if that's what's required, that's great. But extending it to the greater vocabulary of music, which encompasses all sorts of things... Mm. There's probably more often than not more times when actually playing with maybe a little more subtlety might be an advantageous thing to do. Yeah, a little bit of slur here and there. Yeah, sliding into notes. You know, if if I'm teaching a person who's not really a jazz guitar player, because I'm certainly not, how to be a jazzer, one thing I teach is is try and slide into notes. Just yeah. the, the the act of sliding into the immediately sounds a lot more jazzy than if you're bending. Yeah. Whereas if you were playing for something bluesy, you might put more sort of bends in there. So let's have another round again. I want you to just look <coughs> at your lips, look at what you're playing. And rather than chance the opportunities, I want you to look for opportunities mm. of getting to notes in a different way. 
So maybe it will be a slide, maybe just for a fret below. Even if you think that note's out of tune, that mm. doesn't matter because your note is soon going to be in tune. Yeah, okay. Yeah. If you're listening on SoundCloud or iTunes and you want to check out what we're doing, don't forget to come to our YouTube channel, tune in, tone up, uh, and you can find the whole video there. You can see what I'm doing. It, yeah. <laughs> if that it? helps. <laughs> if that helps. Yeah. Okay, let's have another go. Nice grace notes and stuff. That's Moments right. Of slightly <clears throat> funky notes, I suppose. Sometimes you can slide down into to a lick as well. Yeah. Or things like that, where you slide below the note you want. Bend back up. Bend up. I kind of like that. So it's sort of. That kind of thing. Stop, so your country double stops. Thank you. 
that's great. <laughs> I, imagine, I wonder how, how that would kind of sound if you were definitely playing in a blues style and then you move to a jazz style but over a blues for a short while and then over to a country style and then back to the blues. Does that create a... I think it all depends on what you want to kind of create. When I yeah. listen to a, a backing, you know, if I'm not kind of playing with a band where we're improvising a little bit and taking it where we want, in which case you could feasibly do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. If I'm listening to a backing track, or even sometimes just a set of chords is enough to kind of, and a groove sort of evokes a certain kind of vibe, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, if I play this sort of thing, we're thinking jazz. Yeah. The music's all about tension and release, so can you, I guess you could create a bit of tension by playing... Uh, the wrong, if you like, genre, but showing that you can go into the right one as well. You can certainly be bluesy on that, can you? Yeah. And just add hints and flourishes of jazz. Minus seven there. So you do get the thing which is in between, which is like, yeah, 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 blues, jazz, jazz, blues. Yeah. And rock, yeah. jazz, jazz, rock. Yeah, you can sort of <laughs> dive from one to the other a little bit, can't you? Yeah. So, I mean, you can you can keep blues very straight, pentatonic and blues scale. <laughs> you can start including notes from the Dorian and get a little more jazzy and maybe a few traumatic passing <laughs> yeah or you could give it a bit of a country flavour Instead of going to the major, because we're in a minor there, yeah. I purposefully didn't bend quite that high. I went up to the minor. I mean, with, with that sort of country style, I think you... You know, you could certainly get away with it over a kind of country ballad. Yeah. It might sound a bit strange if you dumped that in with something jazzy. Mm. You know, if you if you listen to something that's very 
jazz blues, then yeah, you could sort of cross pollinate those two styles quite nicely. Yeah, maybe country blues, and a few other things, but interesting, yeah. interesting ideas for you could always experiment and release. Yeah, and talking of tension and release, perhaps we should look at some interesting scales. scales. Yes, please, yeah. So we, we looked at some grace note ideas. So in short, this is really coming to our target note from elsewhere. So. You know, if, uh, as I said before, if we we're coming from up above, or down below, or even a sort of a hammer on into it from a note below, you know. Yeah. And, and like you said at the very beginning about. Uh, people having their own styles as well people aren't going to tab that out exactly are they not always or they'll hear the main notes you know but they're not going to get the whole thing there is something in music referred to as and i hope i get this right because i don't want to be lambusted here but there is a there is a thing called an arpeggiatura oh yeah yeah, which is yeah, which yeah. is referred to, I believe, as a musical ornament. Is what yeah. they call it. And this is where you play a note which falls outside of your key, but you kind of resolve again back to your tension and release, and you resolve back to the good note. Yeah. So this will come into play, especially when we're looking at these scales as well. But you know, if you were playing, for instance, something in A, like we were. Yeah. <laughs> But say we use the G sharp, yeah, and we use that as our grace note. So it's major minor seven. Yeah. Sounds, sounds, sounds pretty nice. I used the B flat there as well. It's because really we're on it for such a short time. Yeah, yeah. such a, a sort of nanosecond of time. We don't really have time for our ears to pick up on on it. Show me how discordant it would sound if you stayed on it too long. Okay. Yeah. And the B flat. Oh yeah, it's nasty, isn't it? Really nasty. <laughs> yeah. But if you pass through them quickly and you use them maybe as a, as a sort of a stepping stone for your you know, as your grace note into into the note you so want to play over the top. Yeah. It works. Okay, that's great, yeah. So we're going to look at some interesting scales. And when I say interesting scales, I'm sure some of you may be playing these already, but we're just going to try and put an interesting spin on it and try and connect things together. So the first one we're going to look at is the harmonic minor. Okay, cool. Now, the harmonic minor scale is very closely related to the natural minor scale. Yeah. For those who are either understand getting to understand their theory or like the theory behind it, if you take a major scale yeah. and you look at the modes of that major scale, so in the case of C, if you play from C to C, that is a mode in itself. That is, Ion- that is Ionian mode. Now, if you go up to the sixth part, the sixth 
point in that scale, yeah, the sixth note, which will give you an A, <laughs> yeah. and you play all the notes from C major, but now starting on A, that's the Aeolian mode. Basically, A natural minor. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, back to A again. Yeah. Now, that's the A natural minor scale. It's the relative minor from C major. If you were to take the seventh note in that scale, the last note, which is a G, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, raise it by a semitone, you would do two things. One, you'd be playing the major seven instead of the dominant seven or minor seven. The other thing you would be doing is you'd be putting now a three-fret jump between the penultimate note Mm. and the final note of the scale before returning to the octave. So let's see. Okay. Is it like this? No, missed it. There we are. Mm, no. Not quite right. So you, you put the major six in there. So oh, yeah, you, uh, that's what's going on. So, yeah. yeah. Or you can play on the full fret of the top string, which is really easier. Now, with the harmonic minor scale, just raising that note, a semitone, brings on a completely different flavour. Yeah. Now, on its own, it's it's sort of okay. If we were playing over something which was minor... You can play the minor... You can play any of the minor scales, can you? Melodic, harmonic, or... We could do, but some are going to sound better than others. So what we're going to do, we're going to start with just playing it. If you could give me sort of something in just over A minor would be fine. And I'm just going to play harmonic minor. But there's an oddness about the G sharp, as you would expect, because it's not really properly fitting in. Now, you could use it almost like the arpeggiatura idea, where it's maybe part of a melody that's slightly strange, you know. cheat I used is over E minor I went to the G note yeah as opposed to G sharp so you could use it in that respect that would be the major third and it would sound it would clash a bit too much with it so yeah the, so we played the minor third and yeah it worked so now it's your turn if I play you some chords to have a go at sort of
So you that. could use I'm it like that. hitting the wrong things there. Uh, so you could use it like that as a kind of a slightly strange kind of flavour. Yeah, I gotcha. But another way of using it is by taking a mode from it. Yeah, okay. Now, as you yourself said, it's the major third of E. Yeah. Now, actually, if we use E as our tonal centre, right. and we play A harmonic minor starting and ending on E, that's basically our new mode. Yeah, okay. We get Phrygian dominant, sometimes referred to as the Spanish Phrygian. Yeah. So we've now got so. E, F, G sharp, A, B, C, D, E. So it'd be like... Uh... actually use it in quite a lot of different situations yeah okay so if you've got something where you want a kind of spanish kind of vibe almost okay we're on electrics but it'll work electrically So yeah, so you could then resolve it. You could also mix it in with your other stuff that you've got going on in A minor. So if you mix it in with the natural minor, so you've got the option. Andy Wood. 
Andy. Andy. <laughs> it's the, almost uh, a little bit Aldi Miola, I think, isn't Aldi it? Aldi Miola, yeah, 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 why not, yeah. But you get all those sort of sounds, which work in the, the sort of Spanish kind of idiom, but also if you're playing over a more metal kind of groove, yeah. that works. <laughs> something which is none more black and metal tastic it yeah. does kind of work for those metal moments okay cool yeah, yeah yeah so you can also use it there yeah okay now spinning this on its head for a while let's have a look at the melodic minor shall we okay yeah good plan yeah so oh actually i tell a lie we need to look at the dorian sharp four. Oh yes okay yeah so people don't always make the relation the correlation from one scale to the next beyond like your relative major minor. They don't always understand the relationship between scales. And I do think it's it's pivotal, it's fundamental, because there are so many things in music where if you learn one thing, it's transferable. Yeah. Yeah, if you learn all the chords in the key of C, well, that's then transferable to the key of A minor. Yeah. And so on. If you make a few tweaks you have a whole bunch more chords. If you're thinking of, of the A harmonic minor, which displaces just one note, mm. if you find any of the chords in the key of A minor mm. with a G in it and now make it a G sharp, just like it does with the e, e major chord in that key, whereas before it would be an E minor key, gotcha. e, e minor chord. Do that with every chord, you get a fun and interesting array. So F actually becomes F minor. Yeah. If you if you ditch the A, you can have either. You can have either. A sharp, yeah, yeah, okay. G uh, G sharp. Ditch. Yeah. G sharp, yeah. And that now actually the harmonic minor can be played over that. Now that might seem unrelated and a bit strange, but there are so many songs that if we're relating it back to C major, you've got the C, and then it goes to F minor. Resolves back to C again. Your tension and release you were talking about. And you could like harmonic minor shred over that.
there, so just changing the scale slightly to match the chord. Yeah. Yeah. So there's lots of lots of interesting things you could do with that. I suppose with the other the other thing as well is occasionally you could augmenting. Yeah. Weird sounding chord, isn't it? So normal C going to F minor. possibilities afoot. I think when we go to the F minor there, it wants to play the B flat as well. It actually wants to play the E flat. Yeah. Oh, okay. Major right. chord, which yeah. does have the A flat in it. That's even weirder. But yeah, so when you go to the F minor, actually that's what it wants to play. But as I say, from a technical standpoint, if you're thinking in the key of, of, of A minor, but you're thinking A harmonic minor, yeah. F minor would actually be a possibility. Yeah, okay. Strange, but true. So let's look at maybe this, this Dorian Sharp 4. So when we hear these expressions, what does it mean, Dorian Sharp 4? So for me, you take the Dorian mode. Uh, see, when, when you first said this to me earlier, I was thinking Dorian mode, that's the second mode in the scale, so it'd be A up to a B, it'd be a B, Dor anyway, anyway, that's bark up the wrong tree. But of course you're in minor now, yeah, exactly. so it's all different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so Dorian is, is a minor mode, technically speaking, and all those taken from the major modes, it's got a minor third in it. So yeah. it's basically, as if it was a normal Dorian scale, a normal Dorian mode scale, and the fourth note was whatever it was. Six, you, you, well, if you're Dorian sharp four, it means you're going to sharpen the fourth note fourth, yeah. in the Dorian scale. So in the key of D, using yeah. the same notes, which is a harmonic minor, but we're going to now start on D, but the notes are the same. D, E, F, G sharp, A, yeah. B, C, D. Now, how do I know this fits over the blues? Well, for a start, the fact it's Dorian should give you a clue. Yeah, yeah. And all it does, really, it's basically like having the Dorian scale mixed with your blues scale because you've got the what would be otherwise termed as the flattened fifth, yeah. which is actually our sharp four. Yeah. So the A flat, G sharp. Um, but all that's missing is whereas Dorian would normally have a normal fourth note, which would in this case be a G, our G has been swapped out for the G sharp. Yeah. So we're missing the G. Now, again, this creates some interesting stuff and some very interesting licks. Do you want me to give you a kind of Dorian band? Go for it. Make it groovy. <laughs> I'll try. Groovy. Thank you. 
Groovy. So I mixed it up with a few things, but let's go through some maybe some of the ideas that we're we're looking at. And I think mixing up with other scales, mixing things up with other scales, really helps make things usable. Okay. Yeah. Because when you get a scale that's slightly odd, you can't necessarily whip it out at every yeah. inopportune moment and go, oh, I have some of that. Yeah. Then you sound like Vernon Reed, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I love Vernon Reed's playing. It's really off the wall. Yeah. But sometimes it's just going to make the audience kind of go, oh. It's jarring. Yeah. It's meant to be. And it's yeah. cool for that reason. But, you know, a whole sort of solo of it, even sometimes for some, is too much. Yeah, yeah. I would usually mix, like, my harmonic minor ideas, the Dorian Sharp 4 ideas, with straightforward Dorian mode. Yeah, okay. So we're still in A minor harmonic, really, aren't we? A harmonic minor, but now our tonal centre is moved from it's E to D. D. Yeah. So one of the things I like about it is it's diminished kind of sound. It's got a very diminished sound about it. And what you're doing, you're pl- you're, you're playing around the pentatonic scale as well, so that's... Well, I'm missing out some like... of the notes, but this is definitely using most of the, the note ideas from the, the Dorian Sharp form. So I've got there. So I've skipped from the 10 to the 13 on the bottom string. Five arpeggio as well, isn't it? Basically, yeah. Which then kind of dovetails into your sort of um, arpeggio substitutions that you're. Yeah, we'll come. We'll come back and have a look at that a bit more another time. So then, from there. Seems it blues now. Seventeen. 
that kind of idea. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it really <laughs> drums up the the kind of like diminished sound, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Big time. Yeah. Almost like a diminished sound. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. You know. Yeah, what is... I mean, that right there is the diminished arpeggio. Hiding in plain sight. 13 on the G, 12 on the B, 10 and then 13 on the trumpet. Is that the note that's not? So, so yeah, the C is the rogue. Yeah, okay. And sometimes I put the A in it as well, where it should be a G sharp up here, though. resolving in itself by bending up there. Yeah, or you could go so into yeah, a straight sort of Dorian leg, you know. Yeah. People don't always understand the relationship between the diminished sound yeah. and the and the blues. But actually, if you look at the, the top note, yeah. of your sort of Dorian yeah. mixed with blues scale, even without the the sharp four, you've got the A flat, which is your flat five blues note. Yeah. And you've got the B, which is your sixth. And yeah. you've got your D, which is your fourth. Yeah. That's your diminished. And that's something else I wanted to talk about in terms of getting an unusual sound. Thinking of the, the sort of Marty Friedman way of doing things. Yeah. He often bent from quite unusual notes. And you could get some really great effects by doing this, especially by using scales like this. And then, and then getting... <laughs> Sounds. Yeah, that's kind of almost Japanese sounding things, which he's right. known for as well. Yeah, so you can do Very all that. Cool. Introduce yeah. the bar. <laughs> 
Joe's band that I was just doing the same cut. <laughs> <laughs> it's just something to think about. I mean, it's a yeah, bit nice. of a bit of a weird thing, but you know, when you you think about your Marty Friedmans and your Jeff Becks, your people who kind of manipulate notes in very unguitary ways sometimes. Yeah, you get some really interesting stuff come out. Yeah, yeah, that's. And when you include the trem bar, you know, you can really kind of shape the transition from note to note. You can dip that trem bar a little lower, bring it up, and then bung a bend on the end, and it sounds like you've bent from a far, far farther place away. She didn't go out when I was a boy. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 every now and again, I dip into the trem bar. Oh, hey! But um, <laughs> I, don't, I definitely don't use it enough. Trem oh, I see. So like that. So yes, you should bring that bar up. And then carry on bending up. Yeah. And it sounds like you've got like, the everlasting bend. Let the trim come up first. Right. So you start with the trim down. Yeah. Oh, I should have. And um, then you can bring bring, bring should the. Have, um, uh, should have started. It's hard to get it sort of. People often think you've got to really start low with the trim. Yeah, okay, you don't but start you, that low. No, they're, they're, you know, even a trem is on a fairly modest travel. Yeah. You know, like the, the PRS trems don't have an amazing amount of travel both ways. It's just no. enough. No, no, no. That's but, fine. you know, you can get it to... Give you enough there. Trem technique. I think where a lot of my trem technique comes from is I grew up through the 80s. Yeah. yeah. When didn't a guitar apart from a Les Paul or an SG or a Tele have a trem? Yeah, exactly. You know, I grew up on Floyd Rose trem systems. 
And with Floyd Rose system, if you get a good Floyd Rose system properly set up, it's got a massive range on it. The yeah. stuff you can do with it is immense. It's an amazing piece of kit if you can make it work for you. Sadly, too many people kind of got it and just went oh, warble and did nothing else with it. Yeah. But actually, you know, if you if you want anything from sort of weird alien, weird alien noises to pops, farts, and screams, you know, the, the Floyd Rose will will do it, especially one with the recess. And so I got quite used to manipulating the trem system, and I didn't really think about it. I just put some time into making it sound really cool because it's very easy to make trem tricks sound very trashy. Also, yeah. I kind of resent it when people call it a trick because, you know, a trick is something David Copperfield does. You know, yeah. It's a technique. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, it's a technique. It's, it's something which is there to kind of sort of add something to the if music. If it's a trick, it would be easy. <laughs> Indeed. Pick a card. Yeah, yeah it's not. So, <laughs> yeah. so that's one of the things that you, you can do is sort of use the trim. To, to kind of drum up that that sort of vibe. Yeah, okay. There's a really great Joe Satriani album, and there was a song from The Extremist. I think it might have been a song called War. Yeah. And the stuff that he does with the trem is amazing. Yeah. Like, it's, it's super cool. There's your homework, Gary. <laughs> There's your homework, Gary. Check it out. Joe Satriani, out War uh, from the Extremist album. It's a fantastic solo. track. <laughs> it's really, really great. I'm going to show you sort of one other kind of maybe odd scale choice that you can use. Yeah. Now, this is a weird one. So with this one, we take a normal, good old-fashioned pentatonic scale. <laughs> So that's a normal pentatonic scale we know and we love. We're in D minor still, yeah? D minor, D demented, yes. What we're going to do, we're going to take every root note and we're going to put it a semitone lower. So every D. Every D. That's a pretty weird scale. So the Ds have been replaced with C sharps. So in theory, a 12 bar or something similar, it could work quite well over the A chord, which has a C sharp as its major third. Yeah, okay. But also we can use it tension and release. Well, I, uh, I was playing for your the vamp earlier. I was playing at uh, D minor and A9. So G9. G9, sorry. If I went up to the A, yeah, yeah. Are you into the A9? Apologies. Yeah, okay. So you can resolve to the D. What's even cooler is if you maybe use the C sharp as a passing note too. Okay. So you can do that. So maybe if you could vamp me up. Uh, same thing. Whatever you feel in the key of D. Right, Make it funky. Thank you. 
what I was doing there was really using the C sharp. Sometimes I'm actually playing the scale itself. Yeah. Sometimes I'm resolving in it. So sort of resolving oh, to the D. Oh, no C sharp to D, yeah. Okay. It's one of those things that otherwise you wouldn't think of doing. Yeah. But actually over the A... <laughs> sorry, crap example. <laughs> Using that C as a springboard is also an interesting proposition. Yeah, yeah cool. So what I would suggest is when you go to sort of play over something, maybe think of other options of playing over things. Right. Because some of these things are very easy to implement. You know, if you've if you've got the harmonic minor mode, the, the Dorian sharp four, yeah. <laughs> got that one under your fingers you can quite easily slip from even the blues scale into it yeah and the dorian into it just by changing a few things Yeah. Nice. Really cool licks as well. That's really good. Mm, so just get inventive with it. I don't find there's place all over the set for it. But if you've got something like you you were doing there with this, maybe some kind of vamp, you know. And stick it in there.
Sometimes I was playing it. <laughs> so yeah, that's cool. So it, it, it gives you quite a good, Brilliant. a good alternative vibe. So sometimes if you're if you're playing away happily with your Dorian mode. <laughs> G sharp, yeah. Pop it into the, the kind of odd, odd kind of uh, Dorian sharp four. Yeah, cool. Yeah. You know, and you got that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the shred fest uh, brilliant well yeah you got all the diminished stuff which is in that you know yeah. taken from that sharp four sound that kind of thing I did a bit of a cheat because I used the outside the two outside strings of the... Oh, I see. So that kind of... Yeah. Yeah. And then leaps of three frets. Oh. Yeah, you got it? Pick every note, you've got to be quite accurate. I'm not even doing that. My left hand is all over the place a bit. And it will still, although sound quite jazzy. And quite a sort of fusion-y, it would still fit over like your bluesy yeah. vamps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. just like I'm half diminished. Yeah. Like those half diminished runs. Thanks very much, Dan. No worries. Pleasure as always. Stay tuned for more episodes, jams, improvisation ideas and well-informed thoughts about amps, pedals and guitar tone. If you enjoy this podcast, leave us a review on iTunes, find us on SoundCloud or see our website on tunein-toneup.com. Here you'll find show notes, tabs and further research and resources. It's also a good place to get in touch. We hope you're finding these lessons as interesting and as useful as I do, and if you have any suggestions, we'd love to hear them. Yeah.